0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to your November 26th edition of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter, uh, head soccer coach at De La Salle, and director coaching at Soccer Innovations of America, and um, of course, De La Salle Boys. Sorry for not uh, uh, making that clear. Anyhow, we always start off our show with a prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, we thank you for letting us have this show, letting you have this opportunity to uh, to Uh, just cover all the issues of soccer trying to make sure that everybody's up to speed not everybody likes to just read blogs or articles and a lot of us don't read the articles that are in all the five areas of the state so we try to unify all of that and we thank you for this modem, a medium, whatever you want to call it, uh, in order to get that done. And uh, and we just thank you for your blessings that we have all this equipment and all these stations. I pray for more sponsors, and I pray that we get a lot more support uh, so this show can continue to grow. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, if you want proof that I don't memorize these prayers or write them out beforehand, uh, that's proof right there. Anyhow, welcome, y'all. It was nice to have a good week of soccer in. Uh, The weather is a pain in the neck. Uh, It it just, I've never seen weather like this this time of year. And uh, we've all been combating it. A lot of our records are are really hard to analyze because we've played so few games. But, uh, but the games are going to get played okay on tonight's show look uh we're going to be doing two things we're going to be looking at the um latest power rankings at the end of the show and uh trying to compare those um to the scores that we've had in the last week and uh but in the first section tonight we're going to talk to coach chavadrine who's basically in charge with sean esker of everything youth soccer wise in the state and um He's going to talk to us about his exciting tournament coming up. He's finally got his brackets out, and uh, with Copa Acadiana. so we look forward to talking to him in a few seconds. Um, but right now, we have to pay the bills, and really, y'all, we need sponsors. Honestly, um, we had eight over uh, fourteen hundred interactions on our Facebook Live. We've gotten um, an idea from one of you, one of you who listen in, that we ought to really make the Facebook Live. Um, um, or our Facebook Monday Night Football page, a page where people can stream their games so we all have all one place to go so we can watch each other's games and maybe have like an ESPN 1, 2, and 3 channel. I think it's an awesome idea. I'm looking into it. Uh, I know I have the video equipment at De La High School in order to be able to pull that off. Um, and uh, I think it's really we've gotten to the age where – As long as people could promise that they won't say anything on the air that they really can't say, we could maybe do that and uh, and 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 have our kids exposed. Of course, it would make it a lot easier for us coaches to scout, uh, and a lot of coaches might not want their games on the air because of that. But the same token, the more people are watching the games, uh, the better. Let me know what you think on uh, Monday Night Football's either Twitter feed or the um, Facebook page or on L.A. Prep Soccer. Uh, I have a little link for live live coverage on uh, L.A. Prep Soccer. L.A. Prep Soccer is basically the backbone of all of this. And uh, we're very appreciative of everybody who participates on that. It's the longstanding uh, uh, way that we've always stayed in touch with each other. But anyway, we got to pay some bills right now. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Coach Chavadry, you know, Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. It's no ordinary sports show. Candid conversation. We've got it all. Must have guests. Significant Louisiana sports figures. Serious knowledge. Post-game breakdowns, trivia, historical flashbacks, and my editorials. That'll make even the most die-hard sports fans go wow from the one guy who's always in the zone. It's what happens when you've been around Louisiana sports this long.
1: The WGNO Sports Zone Wednesdays at ten fifteen.
0: All right, everybody, welcome back to Monday Night Football. Your voice for youth soccer, and uh, we're pleased to have with us Coach Chad Chavadrine, who is, uh, like I said before, uh, a lot of the backbone of Louisiana soccer. Welcome back to the show, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here. Okay, well, you got a big tournament coming up. Uh, could you tell everybody about it and how it's going? Wow, yeah, it's uh, Copa Cadiana
1: time already again, and that's this weekend, uh, same weekend as it is every year—the week after we get back from Thanksgiving holidays. And uh, we've actually grown the tournament from 16 teams 11 years ago to now 66 teams. Um, our girls' division has—they uh, have 16 teams they're going to be a premier division of four teams and then uh, 12 teams and a silver division. The division kind of took a hit with the girls showcases going on around the uh, country over the last couple years. Um, Castle showcase, especially when they moved from Thanksgiving holidays to the same weekend as Copa, kind of put a big dent in it. And we never really had a premier girls tournament. We had some good premier teams, but I mean, that's Al Silva's the same weekend, and he runs the premier girls tournament in the state. So the girls' tournament kind of took a little hit back, but what we did this year, and I'm sure everybody's been loving this, and, and I know we've got a lot of people talking about it, is we added a Division One Super Cup. Um, we've never allowed Division One boys in our tournament, and that was kind of the gimmick of it—that uh, we could all play each other, not worry about teams that had depth of two starting lineups and could keep rolling them at you. So that kind of—that's kind of what made Copa what it was over the years, but we decided it's time to add a Division One boys uh, Super Cup because I don't feel there is a premier tournament for Division One boys by itself anymore. Um, and that's the gimmick of this one. It's just going to be Division One boys facing each other. Um, it's not going to be mixed in. how the, the showcase in Lake Charles is a great tournament. And you get to mix in with all these other teams. You have the big D1 teams. You have big D2, D3, D4 teams. But this is just going to be Division One boys in their own bracket. For bragging rights of the early season, and you know we we hit it big. We've got St. Paul's Jesuit, we've got Lafayette Acadiana, we've got Catholic of Baton Rouge, Santa Mon Denham Springs, we've got West Jefferson, and we've got Bird and Alexandria. So it's it's loaded
0: with top twelve teams. Man, I tell you what, I I, I think it's a good idea. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've never really heard of. uh a, a exclusive D1 tournament um so I I think uh that's obviously by these teams who want to play in it uh, they also agree with me that it's a good idea and it's a good way to kind of look at each other and usually that St. Paul's tournament was a good time uh to to get a a grasp of how everybody was doing mid-season but the I think the good thing about having your tournament at your time is that inevitably, inevitably when you're playing top talent, you're going to have injuries, and there's going to be some time for those injuries to heal by the time we get to the playoff run. So uh, really, we all have this idea of who we are, right. but uh, but uh, next week, uh, it's next weekend, correct? Yeah, this coming weekend. Yeah, so so right now we get a really a bigger taste of reality as to who we are and what we're made of, you know. Besides looking at the top ten and the power rankings, so having said all that, okay. So division one is stacked. That's worth the car drive to to, uh, to Lafayette uh, for divisions uh, two, three, and four. Who are the key matchups you think you have on the schedule? Well, what we did um, in the past, we used to have a
1: sixteen-team premier division, um, and that's where we would take the top sixteen teams from D two, D three, D four, and, and kind of have a big early season battle with all of them. Um, a couple years ago, we had all the coaches pretty much almost unanimously tell me they didn't want to play a fifth game. They really don't want to play a fourth game, but they understood my want of having a tournament champion. I mean, I I don't like just playing the three games and go home. You know, I, I mean, that's great, but I would like someone to be a champion, not just decided by points. So we all kind of agreed. I had a few coaches talk to me about it, and we decided to split every division into just eight teams. And what we do is we still take the top 16, make a premier division then we equally divide those into two different tournaments um so we have the premier orange and the premier gray last year was the first year we actually did it that way because we got rained out the year before so we didn't have a winner but um the uh last year uh ESA won the gray and and Boshen believe it or not we finally went to a finals of our own tournament and we actually won one so we had the our, us as the two winners last year we're both back in the same divisions this year to defend our titles but in the orange we've got uh st louis cattle magnet and north lake christian as a group in group a
0: wow so, yeah that's i mean the, the, you can get ready because i'm so proud of the way we've got every team coming back this year and we added teams that
1: had left us maybe for a year or two so you're gonna hear these lists and this premier division is probably the best premier division i've ever seen with these two uh tournaments uh the, uh, the other group that would have the finalists in the Orange Division would be University High, Holy Savior Menard, Isidore Newman and Edie White so that's Mm. the two groups for the Orange. Um, The winner of those two groups will face off in the final of the Orange Division. The uh, Gray Division the Premier Gray is um, Episcopal School of Acadiana Turlings Catholic East Jefferson and Woodlawn of Baton Rouge and the other group that they would face the winner of is Holy Cross
0: Vanderbilt, Episcopal of Baton Rouge, and Loyola College Prep. Oh my! Okay, well, uh, that says it all right there. I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna have some battles there. Uh, how long are the halves gonna be? Well, we went up to 30 minutes. We, that was the one
1: change we made this year uh, to get uh, some of these teams that had left. The reason they left was they didn't feel 25 minutes, even though we had added time, was sufficient enough. Um, and one of the reasons we were doing that was the time frames on the Saturday and everything. Plus, we were known to be catering to teams that didn't like, didn't have a lot of depth. So that was kind of the reason we were doing it. We went to thirty minutes this year. Um, the added time will be up to the referee's discretion. Um,
0: we we don't want any obvious time wasting besides the normal gamemanship stuff that goes on. So I don't even want that. <laughs> right. Anyhow, right? I know, <laughs>
1: but uh, they can add a little time at their discretion, but nothing too much um it did make us have to go to hour and a half time slots on the saturday but we were able to fit everything in because we do do thursday games and the thursday games will take away the saturday morning game if you play a thursday game it is kind of an advantage if you within an hour of copa to do that some teams do some teams don't um the only advantage you really end up having though is if you make a final so if you don't make the final anyway you really don't have an advantage because you play the same amount of games um the uh next division which is the next eight teams after the premiere um some of these teams requested to be in that area and you know some of them were put in that area even though they may have wanted to be lower because maybe they're undervaluing themselves so as coaches i I have about four coaches that help me rank them okay what we do is we kind of come to consensus with the rankings and plus what they're seeing and what they think and i choose a coach from every area of the state i had one from north i had one from uh, out west. I had one from the K D N area, New Orleans, Baton Rouge area. So um, they all ranked this for me. And what we ended up with, with the next eight was uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, Benton High School, Central Lafourche, and St. Martinville Boys. That's gonna be one group. And the Terrebonne uh, Tigers,
0: Catholic High of New Iberia, Parkview Baptist, and Neville are going to be the other group. So that makes up the, the Navy division, which okay. is almost like a premier division in itself right there. It really is. I mean, Neville, come on now. You know, I mean, uh, Neville's always going to be a hard out, whoever plays him. Exactly. And our Parkview
1: Baptist is a really good program with Coach Roger Sharkap over there. So it's all of them. I mean, that's going to be – that's all good playoff contenders. You have a couple quarterfinalists in there from the state. So – it's gonna be it's gonna be a heck of a division there. Uh, the next division was the next eight, and that was the white division. And all of these teams were playoff teams, including uh, state quarterfinalists uh, from Division Two: Wichita Parish, uh, Morgan City, David Thibodeau, who is very up and coming right now with some very good young club players they've added over the last couple of years, and Carne Crow High School. Mike Woodall. Been there forever, and uh, got the Karen Crow High School looking good still. I think they were a quarterfinalist last year as well. So that's the one group, and then you have uh, the next group that they would face the winner of in the final is North Amelia High School, Westgate High School, Mora and Haynes. So uh, oh. big playoff teams right there as well.
0: Okay, well I tell you what. Uh it's a scouting bonanza for sure for any of the coaches who are going, and uh, and uh, you get to see what, what your teams are doing. I really appreciate the fact that you've got it set up so that they can play for a championship because really one of the reasons why I like going to tournaments is to get the kids under that kind of pressure that you're playing for something and uh, something you can hold up at the end. And and uh, if, if, if it's the first time that you've you've played in the playoffs – and you've never really experienced that, then then you're really at, a, I think, a high disadvantage. And uh, I, I really don't like going to the three games and leave. I did that this last weekend, played three games, and, okay, I kept telling the kids that, all right, well, this is for power rankings. Every game is a playoff game, yada, yada, yada. But it didn't have that finality that playing for a championship has, you know. And I would suggest that you you fight to keep that any way you can, you know. Yeah. I'm really stern on that idea. I even had that talk with a coach today
1: about it. And, you know, they just don't like playing that extra game. And I'm like, look, that's a that's a great thing. that If your team is getting that fourth game, that I means you're in the final. And you're going to be playing against another team, that that's their fourth game. And we're all in the same boat because the, the main thing about Copa is it's all D2 on down. The Division One Super Cup is its own thing. They can all go beat up on each other with all of their depth and, and, and great players and talent, you know. But in D2 on down, we're all in the same boat. We all don't have depth like that, you know. We would right. love to, but we don't. And so that's that's what we do. It, it Tournaments are gruesome on us, but it does give you that character and that strength that you really need to test yourself at certain times during the season of, you know, when you're really, really tired. You know, that's when your character comes out, you know. And, and hopefully you're not doing... Shortcuts and 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 doing
0: things that'll get you records when you're tired, right? You know, or you're doing the, the better things and you're staying within your team framework and and still playing as a team instead of just you know playing as an individual that's tired. What what uh, what I like about it though too is that it actually develops the team into. A family, because you know you're gonna have to use your bench to win. Uh, you can't you can't just go with just a, the eleven to twelve players that that whole stretch run. They they just can't go that far, you know. It's true. And uh, except for maybe St. Louis, you were talking about uh, Division two on down. I think St. Louis. I don't know. Maybe they truckload people to dress out so that way they can have like thirty five people on the bench. <laughs> but it's not as bad as the org's good for him as it used to be because they used to have that 40 man army everywhere man and it's uh,
1: <laughs> not quite that you know but it's still it's still impressive to watch especially it, that warm-up to those kids and everything else and you know i hadn't played them in a couple years so we we put ourselves together this year uh i love playing coach jason and uh yeah. it's always a great game you know they, they're so well disciplined so it's, it's, it's a machine it really is to watch them play um so I, I'm looking forward to that. We do have a, one more division of boys. Uh, I'd be remiss if I left them out, but it's the bronze division. And, you know, these teams are all borderline playoff teams, or they are playoff teams. And what's good is, like, they're playing teams that are in the same boat as them, Be the borderline playoffs are right into it the last couple of years. That's uh, Westminster Christian, Opelousas Catholic, Cecilia and Leesville, and Opelousas High, Sam Houston, Rapide, and Ronalds. So one of the two of those teams will be in a final, and uh, you know it's it's fun for everybody. And I remember last year uh, the bronze final uh, went into uh, overtime and PKs. I mean, we didn't have overtime. And those two winners both surprised a lot of teams and ended up making playoffs. And that was Cecilia and Westgate. Wow! And, uh, they both had really fantastic seasons after Copa. So it was kind of a a coming out party for those two right. uh, programs last year. So, and that, that's the other thing you you mentioned about. You know, playing for something, we have that cup they play for, they all, the the winning team gets medals, uh, custom Copa medals every year, so we really do spend on this, it's not just a fundraiser, for us. we also give back like that, I mean, and, and the kids get some, a nice trophy, they get the big winning board, they get to take a picture with, you know, with the scoreboard thing, and um it's fun to watch like i i love going back and looking at all the copa pictures every year of the teams that won and they really treat it like you know like almost like a champions league thing they get their medals and the captain raises the final the the trophy and they all start jumping up and down so it's really fun to watch
0: and it gives you gives some motivation just to get through you know and not fall apart during the december holidays i think that's one of the big problems that we have, uh, everybody has to deal with is those um, kids who just depart for the last two weeks of December, and then you just can't get yeah. that rhythm back. And yeah, you know, with, with, with that kind of experience you're gonna get in Copa, you're gonna be encouraged to stay together. So, so it sounds like you got everything together, except, man, what about the weather? <laughs> you know, I know that's that's what's getting me right now it's been so wet so wet that uh it's supposed to be clear for the next
1: three days for sure four days so hopefully it dries up everything uh it's supposed to be sunny it's but it's gonna be cold we got that cold front coming in and i'm just praying that uh above that they, they keep that cold front down an extra day than what's being predicted right now so that it, <laughs> that rain doesn't come in on saturday morning like a couple years ago you know but um it'd be a shame because look we've got sponsorships on this thing They're Coast soccer, a few others are sponsoring this tournament, making it real big, and I really appreciated them. And we've got, you know, to, to do this, it takes a lot of effort. And we've got a, a, the director of youth scouting for DC United. We're flying him in. He wants to come to this tournament, and he's looking for 14, 15 year old boys in Louisiana. And that's what we've told him, you know, and he's, he's said that this is probably the best time for him to come and see the most boys he can from Louisiana at that age. And that that's what he's going to be looking for. We've got five or six other college coaches committed, and that's that's what we want to do. We want to grow this tournament to be you know, the spot that you can come see Louisiana boys play. Um, and it's not saying anything bad about my girls' division. And I, I've got my girls' division. They're good and everything, but girls have way more opportunity with all the in-state schools and everything
0: else, where our boys have, what, two schools in Louisiana, three schools right. in soccer. And so this is a chance. We've, we've got six colleges coming in. to to look at them, and I've got a couple others that I'm still waiting to hear from Monday to book their rooms, and a director of scouting from an MLS team is coming in. Also, he's also with Davidson University, a major division. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: So, he'll be looking at the older kids more for that as well. So, I'm really proud of that. You know, Jonathan Rednauer helped me a little bit with getting in touch with the D.C. United people to get that done. So, uh, that's going to be a a big thing for us, and, and hopefully, you know, he can find a kid or two, you know, that 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 catches his eye, and that's the ultimate goal of Copa, because I can tell you, Delta State and their coach has gotten three to four players from Copa over the last four or five years. He has been coming every year for about eight years, so it's it's been big for us to know that Delta State has found four or five kids through Copa Acadiana that um, maybe didn't have as much of a showcase uh, at, at going to other places to get seen but they got seen by him over here so something we're looking forward to and, and hopefully some of our boys get uh, a little bit more college uh recognition and opportunities from playing in
0: this amen well you're doing a good job and uh and uh i hope that the weather stays clear how many turf fields do they have in lafayette area
1: that have it and plus one parks one in Lafayette. Uh S T M and Turlins and Clark Field. And then now we've we've gotten a bunch more. Um and Saint Martinville have it in Saint Martin Parish. Cecilia's adding it but it won't be till next year. It's ready. Um New Iberia Par- Iberia Parish has Westgate and New Iberia has it. So
0: okay. we're getting more in the area. It's just still it's not it's not, not enough to do what you're trying to do. Right. right. Yeah we, we need more and um,
1: like I said, it spray pray that weather holds out, uh, doesn't s- saturate the fields to make it dangerous, and
0: uh, we can get all these games in. You think there's ever going to be a day where, where a Moore Park, Lafreniere Park, or uh, LaGrange uh, facilities are going to be all turf? I don't know if they'll be all
1: turf, but I'll, I can see them adding more. I know St. Julian has the one turf field the, and Broussard. Um, and when they were building that park, there was an opportunity to add two or three of them and they chose just to do one uh, I think they've looking back on it they probably regret that now and wish they would have did three of them um because the opportunity for high school football games even to be played on those turfs uh like that but especially soccer games and and lacrosse is starting to get big in that area so all of that can be played on that turf and and you know those parts they charge a little bit for that so they make good money on it yeah and um it's a, it's good for everybody involved to have as much
0: turf fuels as possible. No, soccer wasn't meant to be played on it, but right. the new stuff that's coming out is is better and better, and it's it's so almost
1: like real. I mean, it does play a little faster and everything, but it still has that that real feel to it. So it's it's not like the older turf from ten years ago.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. And and look, I, we've been both playing in the rain. Uh, I've seen fields already destroyed, and and we're not even in December yet. So, anyway, well, good luck with the tournament, and uh, hopefully, we can uh, well, um, get an update when we come on the air next week. Uh, maybe I can get you uh, talk about the champions uh, for a few minutes, and uh, and I just uh, hope that uh, everybody walks out of that tournament better than they did when they walked in. Yeah. That's it, and hopefully no no major injuries. We get everybody in,
1: games in and everything, and hopefully, like I said, one of these kids can maybe catch the eye of a couple of these coaches. So that will be great.
0: Appreciate it. All right, Coach, God bless you and your family. Take care. Thanks, you too. All right, bye-bye. All right, and that was Coach Chavadrine from uh, Boshan High School, and uh, from many other places. Uh, uh, and and when it comes to the uh, the world of soccer and youth soccer, we're going to take a break for a minute, pay some more bills. When we come back, we're going to talk about the uh, the power rankings that have just come out as of Sunday. Um, on LA Prep Soccer and see how we feel about those in comparison to the scores. On Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you right after the break. Hello, this is Coach Alan DeRitter, and I want to invite all of you to take a closer look at De La Salle High School in New Orleans. De La Salle is a dynamic, inclusive community Committed to academic excellence by evidence with our classrooms of the future. And of course, our commitment to athletics is second to none. Come take a look at delisalnola.com and schedule your spend a day today. That's delisalnola.com. Okay, everybody, and welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We enjoyed talking to Coach Chad Vadrine. Man, that's going to be a fun tournament this weekend in Lafayette. And uh, if you get a chance to go to it um, and uh, now we're going to turn our attention to the latest power rankings, which, you know, we have a top 10 and we like to reveal it on this show and that's the coach's opinions. And usually those are a lot more accurate than the power rankings, but the power rankings are pretty much uh, uh, the standard for the LHSAA, and when they start to seed the teams and uh uh, it it's a very very big deal. I'm not really a fan of them, and you've heard me say that for years. So I won't go on that soapbox. And we'll just go over the numbers as they are right now. The uh, as of as of noon on Sunday, uh, Division One girls. We'll start with the girls. Always ladies first. Okay. All right. Saint Scholastica. No surprise. There is on top. And Mandeville is second. Uh, so you have you basically your state champion, state runner-up, 1-2. But they have the records to go with it. I mean, you know, uh, uh, so San Scholastica has got two wins, and, um, and Mandeville's got six wins. So, anyhow, North Shore is third. C.E. Bird is fourth. Sulphur is fifth. West Monroe is sixth. Walker is seventh. Mount Carmel is and Dominican, Mount Carmel 8, Dominican 9. I think these power rankings are way too low for them. I saw both of them uh, recently. Uh, they are not 8-9, okay? That's just my opinion. Uh, Thibodeau is 10. Acadiana uh, starts the second 10. It was Acadiana, West Jeff, St. Joseph's, Southwood. Just getting off the bat, you know, Southwood. Um, anyhow, Hanville, Chalmette, Dutchtown, John Arrett, Baton Rouge, and Zachary. Okay, so those are the power rankings in Division One, uh, which, as you well know, is going to look a lot different next year uh, with our new uh, districting that the LHSAA is proposing. Anyhow, in Division Two, Central Lafouche, uh, good to see those girls on number one. Uh, St. Thomas More is number two, South Terrebonne, three. Sam Houston, kind of a surprise, is four. Washington Parish is five. Destrehan is six. Lakeshore is seven. Central Baton Rouge is eight. Ben Franklin is tied with them, along with Franklinton and Huntington. So basically you have four teams uh, tied for eighth place. In the bottom ten, you have Beauchene, Lee Magnet, Cato Magnet, Ruston, Archbishop Chappelle, Nacket Central, Live Oak, and Neville. Okay, uh, West Washita hits number 20, but there were some ties in the middle ranges. So uh, that looks like a pretty um, accurate description of the teams that we're expecting to make the playoffs. In Division three, however, it, it's it's kind of curious, okay, uh, uh, kind of curious indeed. Uh, number one is Erath, or where I come from, Erath, all right? Uh, they're number one. Okay, but that's only with uh, one game played, y'all. Anyhow, West Feliciana 2, St. Louis 3, Holy Savior Menard 4, South Beauregard 5, and get this, they have seven wins. Lusher Charter is 6th, DeRitter is uh, 7th, Franklin Parish is 8th, University Lab is ninth, Vanderbilt is 10th, and if Vanderbilt is a 10th place team, I am the Easter Bunny. All right, and the bottom eleven, Thibodeau, David Thibodeau's eleventh, North DeSoto's twelfth, Ursuline is thirteenth, Turling's Catholic is fourteenth, Edie White, fifteenth, Archbishop Hannon sixteenth, Buckeye, seventeenth, Apalousis and Parkview Baptists are also tied for seventeen. And then you have Caprini at twenty. All right. And last but not least, Division four. Uh a huge program, y'all. You know, uh, see, people in the north and the and the west might not know about this school, Louise McGee, uh, but I'm going to tell you, they fill a practice field over there on Claiborne, and um, – uh, what is it, Claiborne and Leonidas, if I've got the streets right. Anyhow, uh, when they show up for practice, I mean, they have every square inch of that field covered with girls. I mean, it's, it is it is a full program, and it's one of those where you can build your system with, with the younger girls and move on up because I'm pretty sure they're K through 12. Well, anyhow, they're number one. Loyola Prep is two, even though they're 0 Sterlington, uh, Ouachita Christian, 5th is Homo Christian, 6th is Covenant Christian, Seven, uh, there's a four-way tie for 7th, Christ Episcopal, Fisher, Thomas Jefferson, Lafayette Christian, okay? Now the bottom bottom 10, Academy of the Sacred Heart, okay, and Grand Coteau, Ascension Episcopal, Grace Christian, Vermilion Catholic, Westminster Christian, Isidore Newman, okay, in Catholic New Iberia, that's 16 and 17, uh, and 18 Episcopal School of Acadiana, 19 Pope John Paul II, and 20 Academy of the Sacred Heart in New Orleans. Y'all, there is no way it's going to look this way in a couple of weeks, okay, uh, just saying, unless history doesn't repeat itself, uh, and I am a student of history, Okay, the latest results uh, from the girls up until uh, up until post time right now um, is uh, let's see. Okay, here we go. Computer problems here. All right, we had uh, Caddo Magnet beat Benton six to nothing. Okay, um, Walker beat Live Oak four to one, and. Sacred Heart of New Orleans and Slidell tied. Okay. Uh, and it was a really um, a good sportsmanship here because Slidell's field was really under the weather and Lakeshore availed their field for that game. Uh, those people at Lakeshore are really nice people. Okay. Mandeville beat West Monroe 8 to nothing. Then Airline 4 to nothing. And then Neville 2 to nothing. Okay. So, um, um, we have Central beating Lutcher 8 0. Dominican beat Fountain Blue 8 1. St. Thomas Moore beat Vanderbilt 2 1. Uh, Edie White beat Terrebonne 4 1. And see, uh, uh, Hanville lost to Sulphur 2 1. Zachary uh, beat Episcopal Baton Rouge 2 1. Dutchtown, the Lady Griffins beat Como 4 1. And Newman beat Pope John Paul. Uh, the second, four to 4-1. Okay, uh, again, proof what I'm talking about, about the power rankings. They're just not They're not really accurate right now. Westminster beat Morgan City 4-0. Cecilia beat Opelousas Catholic 8-1. Dutchtown and St. Scholastica. Okay, this is a non-district game that happened on Saturday. It was 2-2. Two two. Now, the weather wasn't the best in some places, and, uh, but that's a statement there with Dutchtown, and St. Scholastica, of course, is starting a new era with Coach Matt Jacquet. We'll be keeping an eye on him, but Dutchtown definitely made a statement there. Uh, Lee Magnet beat Livonia 8-0. to Dominican, uh, right before my game yesterday, uh, beat Edie White 2-0. to And the Rebel Cup, Episcopal... Uh, Baton Rouge lost to Holy Savior Menard, 2-1. Then Menard beat Episcopal Baton Rouge, 4-0. And then they beat North DeSoto, 2-1, okay? Um, Holy Savior Menard also beat Tioga, 4-0, not Episcopal Baton Rouge. That was a misprint. Okay, North Shore beat Captain Tree 5-1. North Shore beat Como, 5-0. North Shore beat DeRitter, 5-1 and the North Shore wound up beating Barb two to zero. So we know the North Shore boys are loaded, but it looks like the North Shore girls are something we better keep an eye on too. Now in the Rebel Cup, St. Louis girls beat Alexandria four to zero. Then they tied Sulphur one to one, and then they lost to Barb five to zero. And the last score that we have up into press time, Westminster tied Covenant Christian two to two. So that's it for the girls. When we come back, we're going to cover the boys on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you right after the break. You can advertise your business for as little as $50. Contact us to see our rates and get your business in front of the Gulf Coast soccer community. Follow us on Twitter at MNFUTBOL, as well as Facebook or call us at 504-577-3131.
1: 504-577-3131.
0: All right, welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Again, this is the uh, November 26th edition. And uh, last week's top 10 poll is what we'll go through here when we talk about the boys' scores. Of course, um, the um, the regular uh, top ten poll is going to be released at airtime of this show. You can go to LAPrepSoccer.net to see uh, who rose and who fell from the poll that I'm going over right now. But in Division I, Jesuit is ranked number one, and St. Paul's uh, t- are tied with them in the number one ranking with both of them getting five points apiece. Uh, Jesuit wound up beating Vanderbilt um four to zero and and excuse me one to zero and then edie white four to zero they tied st paul's and they tied brother martin kind of interesting they'd be playing brother martin this early um st paul's wound up beating east jefferson eight to nothing that's a surprise to me uh along with tying jesuit number three is catholic of baton rouge They beat Brother Martin 3-0, and they beat Vanderbilt 5-0. And then they lost to Edie White 0-1. Okay, so uh, very interesting scores right out the gates. Uh, St. Amont has the fourth seed or the the number four team. They beat Airline 1-0, and then they beat Pineville 3-1. They lost to Episcopal Baton Rouge 1-2 and tied St. Louis 2-2. Denham Springs is ranked fifth. They beat Como three to one. Uh, Should be six to nothing. And then Captain Shreve three to one. Sulphur five to zero. And then Alexandria, team we talked about a lot last week, two to one. Alexandria's in the sixth spot. They beat Benton four to zero. West Monroe two to zero. They lost to Episcopal-Cadiana, one to zero, and then lost to Denham Springs. One to two. Okay. So kudos to Denham Springs there, who's not in the top 10. Okay. Uh, Lafayette is ranked seventh with Dutchtown. They're both tied. Lafayette decided, I guess, a lot of people are just going after their rivals at the beginning of the year. I, uh, I, I don't get it. Uh, Lafayette played Acadiana and beat them two to one. Dutchtown uh, is is ranked seventh with um, uh North Shore as a t- team is very underranked. Okay. Uh they became they're they're ranked ninth. They beat Captain Streep 2-0. Sulfur 3-0. Como six to zero. And then tied St. Louis one to one. Brother Martin uh had a rough week. Uh they're ranked 10th. Uh, they beat Van about one-nothing, then lost to Holy Cross, uh one to nothing, uh, lost to Catholic of Baton Rouge, one of their brother schools, three to one, and then Drew Jesuit zero zero. Okay, um, so that was your top ten uh, teams. Out on the outside, looking in on the top ten, that I'm sure one team is probably going to bump up is Baton Rouge High. They beat East Ascension three to one. They're three and zero. I think you're going to see them move up. I think you're going to see Mandeville move up. They beat Walker three to zero. And I think you're going to see Pineville move up the ladder a little bit, okay? Uh, but it's still way too early to tell. Now, in Division Two, um, the number one the number one uh, team is Holy Cross, who beat Brother Martin one to zero. Um, Boshan, which is remarkable, y'all. You know, they got six first place votes. Boshin got two first place votes. They beat Opelousas 8-0, but then lost to Barb one to three. East Jefferson got two first-place votes last week, but after their 8 nothing loss to St. Paul's, I mean, there's no shame in losing to St. Paul's, y'all. You know, uh, but 8 nothing is kind of rough. And, um, and so I, I think that you're going to see them fall off a little bit. But, man, they're ranked third preseason for a reason. They have a lot of talent. Woodlawn uh, beat Central uh, 4-2. to Como 2-1, Captain Tree 1-0, and then Drew Sulphur, 1-1. So they are fourth. Caddo Magnet is fifth, okay? Um, They beat Neville, 2-1. Like we said earlier, Neville is a tough out. St. Thomas More, undefeated, 2-0-1. They beat Cecilia, 3-0. Lakeshore is ranked seventh. No scores for them. Riverdale, eighth. No scores for them, but they are... uh, uh, they are undefeated. Central Lafouche lost to Woodlawn two to four. And Ben Franklin, I mean, you just can't ca- can't count Ben Franklin out. Ben Franklin is uh is ranked tenth. So um other other scores of note I think that you might want to take a look at is uh um De tied Lusher one to one. Uh Paris tied Ritter three to three. And so I think you'll see um those teams kind of make some headway up the top uh, twenty bracket. In Division Three, Edie White is in the Catbird seat. Okay, they are three one and one. They beat HL Bourgeois five to nothing. Beat Catholic of Baton Rouge one to nothing, a brother school of theirs. But then lost to Jesuit zero to four, and then tied their arch rivals Vanderbilt two to two, which is also a brother school. All right, and number two, University Lab got to be on their campus today. Wow, what a campus. Of course, you're practicing and playing on LSU's facilities. Uh, I coached football last night uh, or two nights ago in the state semifinals. Anyhow, uh, they're ranked second. St. Louis Catholic uh, has got a first-place vote. Uh, they're ranked tied second with the university. Uh, uh, St. Louis beat Pineville 2-0. to zero. I mean, excuse me, six to zero. Airline they beat two to zero, tying Saint Amant two to two, and then North Shore one to one, and that's saying a lot to me. I think North Shore is a sleeper, y'all. Turlings Catholic back on the road uh, of getting back to the top. Uh, they beat St. Martinville three to nothing. Number five is Loyola Prep. They're two one and one. Vanderbilt uh, Catholic is o four and one, but. I admire them because they played hard teams, and if you play hard teams, you know you're gonna you're gonna take some lumps at the beginning of the year, but you get to smooth those lumps out as the year goes on. So uh, don't be fooled by the beginning of the year record of any of these teams, especially the teams that challenge themselves early. Anyhow, Vanderbilt lost to Brother Martin Jesuit and Catholic of Baton Rouge, but then they they uh, played their rival Edie White. Which we know how good Eddie White is, and uh, tie them two to two. So Vanderbilt's right there. Um, Holy Savior Menard is ranked seventh. They're one and zero. Parkview Baptist is ranked eighth. They're two and zero. Saint Martinville is ranked ninth. They'll probably fall out now after the three to nothing loss to Turlings. And Saint Michael uh, was ranked tenth, but uh, they have four losses now and. I don't think they're going to stay there. Teams that will probably move up are DeRitter. DeRitter's 5-0-1. They beat Bolton 2-0, Tioga 5-0, Delta Charter 4-0, and then Tide North Vermillion 1-1. Um, Bolton also should go up, uh, even though they lost to DeRitter. Uh, they beat Delta Charter 3-2, and Grace Christian 1-0. Okay, Um Noma, we talked about earlier. Um, a lot of those are my U16 team players for uh, Soccer Innovations of America. Anyhow, they're they're undefeated. Uh, I think that they're gonna move up a little bit. Just a lot of people don't know about them. But as they start beating people, uh, they well know. North Vermillion, I think, is gonna move up. They're 3-0 and 2. Uh, North Vermilion beat Tioga 5-0. Glenmore 1-0 and Buckeye 6-0. And they tied to Ritter, 1-1. Okay, and uh, and anyhow, in uh, Lusher Charter, we talked about earlier uh, tying De La Salle. So, uh, Lusher is organized to have some talented players on their team. Now, Division Four, it's a no-brainer. Okay, Episcopal School of Acadiana, uh, they've beaten Alexandria one nothing and Benton one nothing. North Lake Christian is number two. Isidore Newman is three. St. Thomas Aquinas is four, and they just beat Live Oak five to zero. Catholic of New Iberia is five. Episcopal is 6, especially after their win against Saint Amont two to one. Country Day is seventh. Glenmore is eighth. Uh, uh, they beat Delta Charter three to one and Grant two to one, but lost to North Vermilion zero to one. Starlington is ninth. Dunham, with their new coach, is tenth. But they lost a hand in one to three. All right, um, movers and shakers. I think you got to keep your eyes open on Pope John Paul II. Beat Haynes two to one. I also think you got to look at Christ Episcopal. I got a chance to see them play in the Piney Woods tournament, and uh, that is a strong team. Uh, They they have built quickly and. Whoever plays them are going to find out that uh, they are going to be a tough team to reckon with if you do have to play them. Okay, so I think a team – I mean, there's some other teams that are out there looking in that, of course, things are going to change as time goes on. Uh, So we'll see how – uh, the polls go, but it'd be nice to see how they compare to the power rankings, which will be coming out next week with the LHSA power ranking. So we kind of got to keep our eyes on both, and uh, and it's still early in the year, y'all, and it's just a fun time of year. There's still time for everybody to improve uh, before really all the chips start falling and the top teams rise to the top and, uh, and, and fall suit. Well that's it. That was a long show tonight. Uh I thank all of y'all who are supported the show and who are listening. Again, we could use some more sponsors. I'm still very interested in, in in making um Monday Night Football a hub for everybody to post their games so that we can all go to one place instead of have to dig around YouTube to find these games to watch and um I think that will be a really a big big hit. It'll be a big hit in many ways um, for people to be able to show off what their teams look like, and also for the kids to be able to be um, accustomed to the good soccer that's all out there from Shreveport to Boothville Venice. And also, I think it'll be a good opportunity for sponsors to get their get their uh, products for soccer out. Um, things are looking up. I, I I am honored and humbled by the. By the um, role of this show, uh, i definitely not a media mogul, <laughs> but we definitely need to get soccer uh, out of the shadows and into the forefront. Of course, you know this. The next two weeks, there are no soccer going to be on your local news unless you have a really small-town local news station that covers everything. Uh, if you're in the major markets, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Shreveport, Monroe, uh, Lake Charles, Lafayette, soccer scores aren't coming on the air yet uh, one thing we are glad about is during playoff time in in New Orleans WGno uh, brings me on and then uh, and some other coaches too and uh, we could call it prep zone And we cover the playoff scores. So at least there is some coverage in the playoffs. There's always been coverage in the playoffs, though. We need coverage in the regular season. So I'm working on it. I could use your help. And uh, let's just keep on playing on. Remember, keep your gamesmanship uh, to zero. How's that? Uh, Teach your kids how to play strong. Kids, don't cheat to win. Play people within the rules. Treat your referees with respect and uh, fans. For your teams, not against the other teams, and definitely leave the referees alone. And you'll find that the quality of soccer will improve as we go on. That's my last little soapbox comment. This is Coach Alan Deritter uh, from Tulsa De High School, who I coach the boys for, and of course I'm director of coaching at Soccer Innovations of America. We're signing off. Carpe diem in Christ. Live every minute for Christ that you have, uh, and and they're precious and they're gifts to us. Never take a moment for granted. God bless you and your family. Take care. Bye-bye.